there everybody you have just found episode three of a secret to everybody if you're looking for a podcast about baseball try the next one down because you're in the wrong place i am ben this is episode three of a secret to everybody and our topic this week is diamonds in the rough we're going to be talking about some games that are in otherwise mediocre series that are great games themselves before we get into that, I want to do a few odds and ends here. Uh, first of all, I feel like I've been talking about movies every week, but I'm going to talk about another one. I saw Wreck-It Ralph this week, finally. It came out in early November, but I haven't had a chance to see it until this week. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic movie. I was not sure what to think. I didn't even know about the movie. Uh, a friend showed it to me this summer, uh, the preview, and I wasn't sure what to think about it. I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know if it was going to have enough video game references, you know, be true to, you know, some game stuff, how much they were going to reference real games, but I was incredibly pleased with it. Uh, there's lots of awesome references in it. There's, you know, graffiti on the walls that uh, contains references to gaming memes like Leroy Jenkins, All Your Baser Belong to Us. There's some good video game villains you've probably seen in the trailer when he's at the bad guys conference, that sort of thing. There's a lot of good references to games. Uh, it's 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 a great movie. The story's good. Um, I really enjoyed it. And make sure if you see it, you watch it all the way to the end because the credits are actually worth watching. They're pretty interesting. There's some cool stuff going on in the background, and there's a really good Easter egg at the very end of the credits. So stick around for that. If you haven't seen it yet, I totally recommend it. It's out on DVD and Blu-ray and everything like that now. That's how I saw it. So if you haven't seen it yet, you'll definitely love it. It's a good story, good for a family if you're going to watch it with your family, and it's all about video games, which is awesome. Secondly. Um, after last week's episode about indie games, I hope everybody checked out Steam, because they had a ton of indie games on sale. They started their spring cleaning sale, I think that's what they call it, and they had a ton of games on sale. Almost every game I talked about, Super Meat Boy, uh, Retro City Rampage, and Anodine actually was released on Steam just this past week too. So those were all on sale, so I hope you really checked that out, because they were they were really good deals. And uh, you could have got those, some of those games I was talking about last week, so that's awesome. And finally, I just want to talk about what I've been playing. I've been playing A Link to the Past again. I think I mentioned this before. I haven't played the game since I played it on the Game Boy Advance version, which is pretty similar to the Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo version. With some, I think it was like they changed the translation or something like that. Not a, not a huge world difference. I have to say, a lot of people think that it's the best Zelda game, but I, th- I think I have to disagree. Um, I definitely like, still like Ocarina of Time the best, but I, I don't know. I feel like parts of A Link to the Past are kind of annoying. Like, I don't know. I just feel like... When you get to the dark world, there's a ton of... Like, the enemies take a ton of health. I don't know, maybe I'm just being stupid about it, or maybe I have I went into it with the wrong expectations or something, but I still like it a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's my least favorite or anything of the Zelda games, but I have to say, it's not, not my favorite. But, you know, still a cool game. Okay, now that I have some of that stuff out of the way, I want to move on to the actual topic for this week. Um, you saw the title was Diamonds in the Rough, and by this, um, I'm, I'm talking about games that are... Good games that are found in otherwise mediocre series. So obviously this is going to be my opinion, it's not like this is the end-all opinion of everybody. And I'm not saying that every other game in the series is a lame game. I just think that out of the games I'm going to mention, overall it's a it's an okay series, but these games really stand out as something special, in my opinion. Uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is a game that I have recently replayed, it's Star Fox 64, obviously on Nintendo 64. 
I love this game a lot. Um, I think it's almost perfect, everything about it. Um, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, um, about, about Star Fox 64. But um, one thing I do want to say is, I think that overall, this game, more than anything, is due to nostalgia. Um, I think that some of the other games I'm going to talk about aren't as due to nostalgia, but this one definitely is. Um, so let's talk about some of the other games in the Star Fox series, and why they aren't as up to par. Uh, first of all, the first game on, of the Star Fox series was the original Star Fox on the on the Super Nintendo. Um, it wasn't a bad game. I never played it at the time. I got a copy of it at a um, used game store a while back. It wasn't a horrible game, but I just don't think the technology was there for the time. Um, if you play it, it looks really polygonal, you know what I mean? Kind of like a um, like a 3D Asteroids type thing. It's just I just think the technology wasn't quite there. So it's not a terrible game. Like It, it, it borrows a lot of things from Star Fox. If you've played Star Fox 64, the original Star Fox will seem really similar. Um, it's the same. It's the same characters in your squad, um, bombs, and your your laser, being able to do barrel rolls, all that kind of thing is really similar in the first Star Fox. So you can definitely tell where Star Fox 64 got its inspiration. But I just think, I mean, the game just feels primitive. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of smaller. There's no voice acting like there is in the N64 version. It's just the characters make little noises when they talk. Um, so it's it's not a horrible game, but it just doesn't it just doesn't feel up to par to me, especially by today's standards. Um, interesting little trivia too is there was a Star Fox 2 that was planned for the Super Nintendo, but it was ultimately scrapped, probably because of production times. You know, the N64 was coming out, things like that. Uh, but also many of uh, the ideas for Star Fox 2 made it into Star Fox 64, so you can kind of see um, how they you know they kind of they took their ideas for the game that they scrapped and put it into Star Fox 64, which was good because as I've said before, I, it's a, I think it's a really good game. Skipping over Star Fox 64, we'll talk about that last. The last, the next one is Star Fox Adventures. This was the first uh, Star Fox game on the GameCube, and everyone was really excited because we were finally going to get to play as Fox on foot. Step out of the, uh, the R-Wing and get to play on foot. I thought it was going to be a pretty cool game, but it turned out to be a really linear Zelda clone. The, the game's not trash. I mean, it, it, it plays okay, and the graphics aren't bad for the GameCube, but... It wasn't. It wasn't. It's not super fun. It's really linear. Um, you have. To, it, there's a lot of. It's kind of just go here, go here, go here. It's not like Zelda where you can. You, know, you have to figure things out for yourself. So it's linear. There's parts of the game that feel like you're almost babysitting. There's a part where you have to take care of a small um, dinosaur, and it's kind of like you, have, you have to keep throwing his ball for him and stuff like that. So it just. It, it, it gets monotonous. And the atmosphere and sound effects. They're not bad, but they're kind. Of, they feel like like. Basically, the thing about this game is it feels like a Zelda copy. The sound effects of Fox's footsteps when you're in like a cave floor sound very similar to Zelda. Your health is very similar to Zelda. The combat's just boring. You have a staff, which is cool at first. You gain different abilities for the staff, like you can shoot fire out of it and things. But the combat isn't like Zelda, where you can jump around. And you have Z targeting, and it's it's fun to try to take enemies down. It's just kind of it's just like you're mashing the button to take enemies down in Star Fox Adventures. So it's not the worst game ever, but I would probably say this is the lowest point for the series. Um, the story wasn't great. It was it was just mediocre overall. Was the problem with this game? Uh, the other Star Fox game on GameCube is uh, Star Fox Assault. This game right here is the closest that they ever came to coming back to what Star Fox 64 was. The game was more like Star Fox 64 in that you were in the R-Wing most of the time and it had the mission-based system as opposed to Star Fox Adventures, which was a more adventure-type game like Zelda. The ship missions aren't bad in Star Fox Assault. I mean, it's 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 kind of nice to see an update. You know, and the graphics are good. The voices aren't bad. I, st I still favor the originals from Star Fox 64, but the voices aren't bad. But what kind of kills this game is interspersed between 
the um, the ship missions are these on-foot missions, which are just not very fun. Um, it's like you're in a base and you have to go around and destroy things on foot. If you've played Star Fox 64, it's kind of like if you play um, Expert Mode on... I'm sorry, if you get all the medals in Star Fox 64, you can play the multiplayer mode, you can run around on foot. It's kind of like that, but in single player, and it's just not fun because... There's a ton of enemies. It's just, it's just, it's just not Star Fox. Being on foot is cool and it's a novelty, but it's just not Star Fox. And the other thing about the game on Star Fox Assault, the game was pretty short, not as bad as Star Fox 64, but it wasn't that long. And I understand on Star Fox 64 it was a limitation because it was on the N64, but by the GameCube, I think that should have been fixed. So I mean, the game wasn't long enough, and that should have either had extra content, more mission, you know, I mean, or maybe a better branching feature. So. It was a step in the right direction, Star Fox Assault, I believe, but it was kind of a disappointment again. Not a horrible game, but just mediocre, just like all the other ones. And the only other Star Fox game left to talk about is Star Fox Command on the DS. That's the most recent one. I'm not counting Star Fox 64 3D, because it's just a remake on the 3DS, so we won't talk about that one. But Star Fox Command is probably the most uh, variant of all this, of the Star Fox formula. Instead of it being like Star Fox Assault or 64, where you flew through in a mission style, you fight battles in kind of a, like it's kind of sort of a strategy type game. Like on on the main screen, you have like your ships start on a certain point. It's like a top-down perspective, like little icons for everything. It's not the actual ships, and you draw. Like you have so much gas you can use per turn, and you have to draw paths and your enemies move too, sort of like a strategy game, like Advanced Wars or Fire Emblem. And then when you hit an enemy ship on the map, you engage in a battle that's more Star Fox-ish, but it's more like the all-range mode from Star Fox 64. It gives you a time limit, and you have to destroy so many ships, or you have to, you know, destroy a base or something. So, the game overall, I kind of enjoyed it when I got it. I was, I was younger, it was on DS. I enjoyed the game, but as a Star Fox game, it's just weird. Um, it's just not, the combat isn't fantastic. It makes you use the touch screen instead of the D-pad for, um, flying your ship. So that's kind of, I think that's kind of annoying. I wish you could use the D-pad. I, I'm, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of touch screen controls, especially for a game like Star Fox. So it's a pretty cool game, and it had a lot of good, like, branching, um, stories. Depending on what you did, who you saved in some missions, you would branch the story around, depending on, you know, what, what order you visit the planets. And it would actually affect the outcome of the game. There were a bunch of different endings. So that's that's cool. And it's not a bad game overall, but as a Star Fox game, I just didn't feel up, up to par of what we expected from having Star Fox 64. So now that I've talked about all the other Star Fox games, what actually made Star Fox 64 so good? As I said before, I, I know it's a lot of nostalgia, but everything in this game is just great. The sound effects are awesome. I mean, just the sound, like the the lasers, the, you can tell when you have a better laser, it makes, it makes a different shooting sound. The sound of the smart bomb. The voice acting is classic. I mean, how many times have we heard do a barrel roll and other things from Peppy? The controls are perfect. Everything is natural, boosting, using the barrel roll or, you know, turning your ship. It all just flows really well. The gameplay is a blast, and it's really replayable. Um, once you play through the game, you can go back and try to, there's different paths you can take, and it's not like there's just three different paths, you can, depending on what you do in each mission, you can pass or fail the optional objective, and it takes you to an easier or harder route. There's medals to collect if you shoot enough enemies down, which makes the game very arcade-like, because you, you're always trying to figure out how you can do, shoot down just one more enemy or ten more enemies to get that medal. And if you look online, there's actually runs where people go through and get high scores, it's, it is amazing. People get double the medal scores. It's 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 really fun to watch. So the game is really replayable for that reason. And once you get a medal on every map, on every planet, you unlock uh, expert mode, which lets you play through the game again. 
except it's harder, there's more enemy ships, you can break a wing easier, and Fox wore sunglasses, which is awesome. The only negatives I have about the game, like I said, it's short, and you can't save, which is, like, you can't get halfway through and save and quit, like, you have to play all the way through, you lose your progress. But it's not a huge deal, once you play the game a few times, you kind of know what's going on, and you don't, you know how much time you need to spend, so I think the only gripes against it are small. Uh, that's the only that's the only series I'm going to go into depth on each individual game since there's so few. Um, the other the other series we're going to talk about here, there are a lot more games in the series, so I'm I'm not going to talk about every single one of them. But there's a few other series I want to talk about here with it's the same idea, diamonds in the rough. Next up is uh, Kirby Superstar. This was a game that was on the Super Nintendo. I actually played Kirby Superstar Ultra on the DS. Basically the same game, uh, some graphics updates, um, th maps and touchscreen controls on the bottom screen, and some extra games. So it's, it's, it's the same game, just a little bit better. I played the Ultra Edition. I'm not actually a huge fan of Kirby games. I haven't played every single one, but I've played a pretty good amount. I usually think they're too easy, and I, I like Kirby's idea of being able to copy his enemies. I think it's fun. But I just feel like my overall gripe with the Kirby games is they're they're just too easy. I feel like it's not it's not even remotely a challenge. It's just like getting through it, and it's not it's not fun. It's not super fun to play. But Kirby Superstar Ultra that I played, I really enjoyed this game. Um, it's actually a collection of games. It's not just one game you play through. It's more. It's, it's, it's a bunch of different games. Not every single one is a gem. I mean, there's a few that are really easy, and there's a few that are just mini-games. But there's a couple that are really good. Like, uh, there's one called Milky Way Dream. Uh, Milky Way Delirium, I think. Where you don't copy enemies, but what you do is you find these items that let you permanently have the ability on your touchscreen, or on your select button, or whatever, if you're playing on the Super Nintendo. And then you can use those abilities anytime. So you have to find the abilities to use them, instead of actually copying them off enemies. So the variety, I think, in this game is really fun, and it offsets the game, the Kirby games being easy. So I think Kirby Superstar stands out of the other Kirby games as being an exceptional game. One other thing I want to note with Kirby, I also really enjoyed Kirby Air Ride on the GameCube, but I think I count that as a spin-off because Kirby games aren't about racing, so I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that in this series because I don't, I don't consider it a real Kirby game. Um, it was just a spin-off, but I do want to mention that. Next series we have is James Bond. Um, this should be kind of obvious. GoldenEye 007 on the N64 is pretty much one of the most beloved games ever. Um, it's it's pretty much the game that that made first-person shooters that made their name on consoles. Uh, I mean, what can you say about it that hasn't been said? I mean, it has an awesome single player with awesome difficulty, a great multiplayer, you know, couch multiplayer, not like today where you play online, but variety, lots of characters, lots of guns, modes, great maps. The thing is, it's funny, no other James Bond game, for me at least, has ever really matched up to this one. They released another one on the N64, and there were a bunch on the GameCube, PS2, Xbox era. Most most of the other ones are just kind of generic. I mean, I think you get to that, that point where it's, you know, the, a movie's coming out, let's make a video game about it, and then rush it to come out with the movie. The video game is subpar, it's just like every licensed game ever. But the GoldenEye wasn't like that. Um, so most one one notable exception I do want to say is Nightfire on the GameCube. It doesn't. I don't think it matches GoldenEye 007, but I did have a lot of fun with Nightfire on the GameCube. Probably because that was when I was a little bit younger and just just getting into first-person shooters. That was probably one of the first ones I played, and it had a lot of what made GoldenEye fun. You know, being able to customize your weapons, take different paths through, through the game, you know, charge up at the front door, or try to sneak in a truck to get in to get into a, a castle, that kind of thing. So I did enjoy Nightfire. I played it a lot with my friends back when I was when I was younger. So I would say that's probably my second favorite game, but it still doesn't match GoldenEye. What's funny, too, is there were some spiritual successors to GoldenEye that weren't actually James Bond games, 
but games like um, Perfect Dark that came out shortly after GoldenEye, that was considered a, a su- successor to GoldenEye because it played so 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 alike to GoldenEye that it was a lot of, you know a lot of fun, same type of gameplay. And then um, Time Splitters 2 was a game on GameCube that I also really enjoyed. That that was it plays a lot like GoldenEye. It's almost like GoldenEye 2 and 3, but they're not. James Bond games, but if you like GoldenEye, check both of those games out if you haven't already, because they're both really good. Um, Time Splitters 2, you can get on the P- GameCube, PS2, Xbox um, tr- generation of consoles. Last game series I want to talk about before we wrap it up here is Mario Party. I don't have a lot to say about this game. They're all pretty similar, but I think the one that stands out to me most is Mario Party 2. I had this game on the N64 when I was younger. I think it's a lot of fun because it has the good good themes. Like there's a cowboy level where they're all dressed up like cowboys, a space level where they're all dressed up like space. And but the thing I remember most about Mario Party 2 is there was a single player challenge mode where you had to play through the um mini games, but they were got they got increasingly difficult. Like you would play through like an easy, medium, and hard course. And and but it was it was almost like a game within a game. Like you had so many lives to beat the mini games. The the computers got harder as you went on. That kind of thing. I, I thought that was really fun. I don't remember if I actually ever beat that or not. I remember the last course being really difficult. But I think that was a pretty good game, Mario Party 2. And if I had to give a runner up to the Mario Party games, I'd probably say Mario Party 4 on the GameCube. I enjoyed that one too. But I would say 2 definitely stands out as the best of the Mario Party series. And I think that was because. Mario Party wasn't stale yet. I mean, there came a point when they got to, like, the 5, 6, 7, when it was just, like, they're going to keep churning them out, and they're really similar. So I think people started getting tired of them after that. But Mario Party 2, the idea was still fresh, and it had a really good set of mini games and everything. So that's why I like Mario Party 2 the best. So I'm sure there's a lot of other series out there that I haven't discussed, but these are the games that really come to mind for me when I'm talking about the Diamonds in the Rough idea. So if you haven't experienced the games I've talked about in their series, I would definitely recommend checking them out. Um, Star Fox 64 is on N64, obviously. GoldenEye is on N64. Kirby Superstar is on Super Nintendo or the remake on the DS. And Mario Party 2 is on the N64. And so I thank you guys for listening this week. That's all I have for this time. And we'll, we'll tune in next week for another episode. And our music that we're going to end with today is Here Comes the 8-Bit Empire, and it's by Ozd. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a good week. Mm-hmm.